I'll give you a little bit of background before we go into the scripture today. But we're going to start in Acts chapter 27 and then we're going to end up in Matthew chapter 14. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 27 and then we're going to end up in Matthew chapter 14. If you were to ask somebody what was the greatest need throughout this storm, of course, you know Floridians. I'm a Floridian. I was born and raised in Palm Beach County. And when we hear the word hurricane, boom, we go, we spring into action. How many of you know days before when they just heard of the storm hitting, people were already at the gas stations. You already were seeing water leaving the shelves at the different grocery stores. I mean, people just went into panic mode, it seems like. And of course, you know, I don't know if you've seen, there's another storm out there, Hurricane Maria, that seems to be making a similar path. And and so I know you're going to see that some of the same panic set in. But whether it is an external storm like Irma or Harvey or Maria or any other storm that is named or something internal with a family member or a sickness, something that happens in a marriage or something that is going on with your children, storms come and storms go. What we need to know is how to navigate them. And if you were to ask, what is the most important thing that you can do, thing that you can purchase, what is, without a doubt, throughout this storm, what is the number one item you would need? Some would say, well, pastor, that's easy. It's a generator. You have to have a generator. Some would say, no, it's, it's gas. What good is a generator without gas? You have to gas. You have to fill up. And you see people. I, I was driving on I-75 in the turnpike. I saw people with four or five gas cans on top of their car or on a trailer bed. I mean, just, I thought, you gas hoarder, you, look at you. And, and, and so, so maybe some of you are here today and you say, no, it's water. You have to have water. I mean, you can't live without water. Water's by far the most important. And, um, and then some would say it's food. It, it's got to be food. Whether or not you believe in generators, water, gas, food, whatever it is that you think, some of you go, no, it's Wi-Fi, Pastor. It's Wi-Fi, without a doubt, Wi-Fi. Got to have my social media. I could tell you that when it comes to life's storms, I'm not talking about the hurricanes or, or anything like that. I'm talking about life's storms. I've been through a few storms in the church, in my marriage, in my family. I know what going through a storm looks like. I can tell you that, listen, without a doubt, the number one thing, far beyond anything else, everything else pales in comparison, the number one thing you need to survive life's storms is you need to be able to hear the voice of God. There is nothing that even comes close. There is nothing that is, is a close second. Everything else pales in comparison. If you want to survive life's storms, you have to be able to hear the voice of God. The Bible does not say, he who has a mouth to speak, let him speak. It says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Listen, What you say to God is important. What God says to you is of infinite importance. I want to say that one more time. Listen, what you say to God, that's important. What God says to you, that is of infinite importance. Infinite importance. 
So let's start in Acts chapter 27. There was a storm that actually had a name. Much like you would see Irma or Jose or now this new one's called Maria. Whatever name is on this hurricane, this one had a, had a name as well. And when it has a name, that means it has a reputation. Listen, for us, it's not the name. For us, it's the category, right? I mean, the Floridians, we hear category one, we go, man, come on, man, that ain't nothing. We hear category two, you go, okay, well, you know, bring the plants in. We hear category three, you go, okay, now you got my attention. We hear four and five, right? You hear 185-mile-an-hour winds. You hear strongest storm in the history of, of meteorology. And now you have our undivided attention. Well, there was a storm in Acts chapter 27. And the name of this storm was Euclidon. The Bible says it was a nor'easter. It was a storm that had a reputation. It didn't have a category, but it had a reputation. And the experienced sailors on the boat, when this storm hit they begin to panic. They just begin to panic. But watch, watch how I mentioned to you a moment ago, watch how the voice of God changes everything. Well, let's start in Acts chapter 27. And this is where Paul is on his way to stand before Caesar and give an account of his life. And it says this, verse 22, Acts chapter 27, and now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Here it is. They had been going day after day after day. No sun, no stars. They they were absolutely in fear for their life. And Paul, after this long journey that they've been on, he stands up and he says to everyone, Do not fear. Take heart. It says this in verse 23. This is why. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and I serve, saying, listen, the angel said, a message from God. Just a messenger. But so he says, this is what God said. Do not be afraid, Paul, for you must be brought before Caesar and indeed... God has granted you all those who sail with you. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 25, therefore take heart or take courage, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Man, I hear that scripture and that scripture just means so much to me. When Paul says it will be just as God said it will be. Every word from God will come to pass. Listen, this changes everything. It changes everything. Paul said, everything that God said will come to pass. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in worry, anxiety. How many of you know when these storms come and you start hearing what we were hearing? I I, I don't know if you've, you know, Steve Weagle, but man, I was just glued to Steve Weagle. And I I don't even know if that's how you say his name. But I mean, you're seeing he did these Facebook Live videos. And and he was just kind of like shaking his head like, man, I don't know. Man, it's bad. He said, I think you should just leave town. And you need to get out now. I mean, I thought, well, when the weatherman is starting to panic, this is when we should pay attention very clearly. Because this is a storm like no other. 
And whether it's your marriage or your finances or a diagnosis or you hear the word cancer or you hear the word tumor, whatever it is that people go through in life, for you, it's a storm like no other. For you, it's like, okay, I don't know what to do. And so when we don't know what to do, when we're facing situations that seem impossible, I'm here to tell you that nothing is as important to you as the voice of God for your life. One word from God. God speaking to your heart. Paul standing up at this ship and saying, listen, take courage. Do not be afraid. Do not live in fear. Do not be, be, be overwhelmed by the circumstances, the wind and the waves and the darkness. I believe God that it will be just as God said it will be. Hallelujah. Here's, here's the three things I want to give you this morning that, that the voice of God does for us. Just, just brief message this morning. Number one, the voice of God brings hope. The voice of God just brings hope. It just brings for us hope, and here's why. God doesn't just speak to your past. God speaks to your future. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. Many of you know this verse. It says this. God says, and they amplified, For I know the thoughts and the plans, thoughts and plans, that I have for you. And it goes on to say this, to give you what? A future and a hope. Those two are tied together. Hope is always tied to your future. Hope's not tied to your past. Hope's tied to your future. I've never been one to be fearful for my life. I've been in some situations that I thought were pretty dangerous. I've been on the streets in in New York City and going to do outreach in New Orleans and Fantasy Fest and, and all these different places. I've been to different countries. I've never been afraid for my life except one time. We were in Panama, and we were riding in a bus, uh, just a school bus. Now, I'm about 19 years old, and we're just riding in the middle of the night, dark. I'm talking about you couldn't see your hand in front of your face dark. And all of a sudden, we hear this incredible crash. And the driver hits the gas and just takes off. And what we found out was is that somebody had thrown a rock, I mean a boulder this size. It went through the side. In fact, it hit the window of the school bus right behind me, shattered the window, and the driver takes off, and the Panamanians that are with us grab knives. They take knives out, and they stop the bus about a couple hundred feet, and they start running backwards with their knives. I'm like, where are they going? And they said, they come back and they said, somebody just tried to hijack the bus and they threw a rock. They were aiming for the front window. They missed the front window trying to be able to, trying to, to, to get the driver's view to, to be uh, un, unable to see so that he would have to stop the bus and they were going to kidnap us. Can you believe that? 19 years old. And so, so he took off to where it was safe and then they run back. I'm like, well, I don't know why they ran back. But anyway, so... We get to the hotel that night, and I started to walk from where we ate to where we were having a a place to sleep, and and that was the only time I literally was overwhelmed by fear. It just gripped me. 
I, I began to shake. It, it just became uncontrolled. It's the only time in my life I've ever been gripped by fear. Listen, this storm, I wasn't afraid for my life. I was afraid that I was not going to have air conditioning. That was a legitimate fear for my life. Because I don't know about you, but when I sleep, it is the Arctic. You understand? Is anybody else with me on that? When I'm talking about polar bear, 60 degree, right? I get it as cold as I can. My wife will let me, right? And so I was afraid that I wasn't going to have air conditioning. That was my only fear. I was never afraid for my life. But listen, fear comes, it can grip us. It can overwhelm us. But the reason why I've never had fear really overwhelm me, except for that one time, is I always believed God had a plan for my life. I just believe that God has something for me next year. Hallelujah. I just believe 2018 is going to be a great year. God has something in store for me in 2018. Hallelujah. I, I just believe that God has plans for my family. That, that my little six-year-old and my 16-year-old and my 19-year-old, God has something incredible in store for them. So I'm not afraid. I, I don't live in fear because God's voice has spoken to me. There's been words spoken over my life. He speaks to me through this book. And I see that in this book, there's a plan for my life. And so I don't have to be afraid because his voice brings hope. God has a future for us. So many people live in fear that they're going to die premature, that something's going to happen to their family, that they're going to get a sickness or an illness, and that's the end of it. But listen, we don't have to live in that kind of fear. God's voice overcomes fear every time. His voice brings hope to our lives. And when Paul stood there on that ship and he said, listen, do not fear, take courage, because I believe that God has spoken over my life. God has said to me that I am going to stand before Caesar. God has spoken to me that nobody is going to lose their life. Hallelujah. So we could say, listen, I I don't invite storms, but I know this, that in the midst of them, God's going to see me through to the other side. God's, listen, Maria comes, Maria comes. Whatever comes after Maria is going to come. And I know that God's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of my family. He's going to watch over me. We may lose a tree. We may lose a limb. We may lose air conditioning. I don't want that to happen, but it may happen. But I know this, I'm not going to lose my life. The plan of God will not be aborted by Irma, Harvey, Maria, Jose, Charlie, or any other storm out there. The devil can't abort the plan of God for my life. God's voice brings hope. And here's what else God's voice brings, voice brings in my life. It also brings peace. It just brings peace. There are some voices that just bring a calm. They just bring assurance. I hear uh, the voice of my pastor I've had the same pastor now for almost 40 years, 38, 39 years of my life. I hear his voice, whether I call him on the phone or I see him. It just brings a peace to my heart. Because so many times I've heard him speak. I I talked to my other pastor in North Florida, Pastor Chester Clark. I talked to him just two days ago. And just when he picks up the phone, it just brings a peace. I was just checking, Pastor, how are you doing? How's everything? And I hear these voices. And listen, this is what God's voice, it just brings peace to my heart. I hear his voice, and I think, okay, all is well. I hear God's voice. God's still up there. How do you know? 
Uh, listen, when he speaks to us, it just begins to bring a calm. Here's what Psalms 23, most of you have heard that psalm, many of you have it memorized. Listen to verse number five. It says this, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, my storms, my challenges, my sickness, my marriage trouble, my wayward kids, huh? my financial collapse. He prepares a table for me. In other words, God just invites me to sit down and eat. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Pastor, I know that. I gained 10 pounds this past week just hunkering down, you know, (laughs) eating and eating and eating. God just, with his voice, invites us to just, just relax. It's okay. In fact, it's so okay, you can just sit down. Just sit down. Everything... It's going on around you. The enemies are still there. The wind and the waves are still there. The storm is still there. But guess what? God just invites you to just sit down. Just sit down and relax. He brings peace even in the midst of the storm. And then the third thing is this. He brings direction. God's voice brings direction for our life. If you have Matthew chapter 14, we're going to read Matthew chapter 14. This is the account of when Jesus sends his disciples in a boat, just sends them off. He goes to the mountain to pray. And listen to what happened. Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse number 24. It says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the wind and the waves. Or tossed by the waves, I should say. And it says this, For the wind was contrary. I don't know if you remember this part of of, of when Peter walked on the water, but he didn't walk on calm water. He didn't step out on a sea of glass. He stepped out when the wind was contrary. There was a storm going on currently. And in the middle of the storm, they see what they think is a ghost. How many know it's bad enough to have a storm, but now you've got a ghost in the middle of the storm? Now it's really bad. And here's what happened. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking out on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus did what? He spoke to them. He spoke to them. Immediately they heard his voice. They recognized his voice. They still couldn't make it out, you know, They still thought, it's a ghost. I just see some figure out there. But they hear his voice, and he said, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. Just come on. One of the questions I get more than any other question as a minister is how do I know the will of God for my life? How do I know the plan of God for my life? I've got major decisions concerning where to live, what job to take, who to be in a relationship with, do I sign that contract, do I start a business, do I buy this house, who do I marry? I mean, these are major decisions, major, major decisions. And one wrong move can set people back in a major way. I I get it. And they want to know, how do I know if this is the right decision? This is the right decision. 
The way you know is you have to hear the voice of God. There's no other way. We can't just roll the dice on this stuff. We can't just go, well, if it doesn't work, we'll back up and punt. Listen, that works in football. It doesn't work in life. And it doesn't always work in football either. But, but here's the reason why we need to understand this is of infinite importance. You need to hear God say, come on. Here's what Peter said. Lord, if this is you, if it's not you, I don't want any part of it. But if it is you, then whatever you say next, that's what I'm going to do. So if you say it's okay to get out of the boat, to sign the contract, to get into that relationship, to move here, to start a business, to change careers, to to get a new job, if you say, God, if you say it's okay, then I'm going to do it. That's how you know. There's no other way except you have to hear the voice of God for yourself. You have to hear it for yourself. And when you hear it, then you have the ability to get out of the boat. When we moved from North Florida back down to South Florida, I grew up here all my life, and in 2004, my wife and I had been living in Levy County for 11 years, and, and we just, we knew that God spoke to us. We knew it. It doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean we didn't have questions. We had lots of questions. Don't think for a minute that the presence of questions means that God's not in it, right? You say, well, God can't be in it because I, I, I have questions. No, no, no. God may not answer every question. He just may say, get out of the boat. He may not say that you're going to do this, 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 and this. He may just say, yes, you can do it. You come on. And so when we moved from North Florida back to Palm Beach County, which incidentally, tomorrow is 12 years for us as a church here at Grace Chapel. Can we give God praise for that? 12 years as a church. We started, we started September 18th, 2005. And when we moved, my wife and I moved from North Florida to South Florida, We knew, listen to me, we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew. But let me tell you, that first year of our life was extremely difficult. Financially, we had no money. No money. I was working as a valet, doing valet parking, right? Every day, I I worked somewhere. Every day. There was no day off. I worked seven days a week either doing valet or working at the church, every day. And we just did what we can. My wife went back to work. We we had kids that had to go to preschool and school, and and we lived 45 minutes away from where I worked, and I had to be at work twice a week. I had to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so at 4.45, I would get up, take my kids in their underwear, come on, and just put them in the car, drive to my mother's house, which was 50 minutes away, so that she could watch them while I had to go to prayer twice a week, so that I could come back, get them lunch, get them to school, then go back to work, and then I had to have somebody pick up. I mean, life was stressful, and we had no money. It was a year of a storm. Year of a storm. But I knew, 
listen to me, I knew God spoke to me. I knew it. You couldn't have talked me out of it. I knew it was the right decision. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what my salary would be when we started the church. I've never taken a job where I knew the salary before I took the job. Maybe that's not the smartest thing in the world, but I mean, that's just what I've done. Because it never had been about money, never will be about money. Listen, you just have to hear the voice of God for yourself. Let me end with this. Because I know one, peop- uh, uh, one person said to me, how, how do I know that I've heard God's voice? Listen, if you're not regularly tuning in to God's voice on a consistent basis for the little things, not for the major decisions, I'm talking about for, for everyday life. If you're not practicing hearing God's voice for the little things, when you have to make the major decisions, it's going to be difficult for you to hear the voice of God. If you want to know how do I hear the voice of God for the big decisions of my life, here's how you do it. You get up tomorrow morning and you just go find a place. We have prayer here at 6 o'clock. I want to encourage you to come here at 6 o'clock. And you just go, okay, God, I'm here. You may have a major decision you're facing right now. You may have nothing. I'm here. What I say to you over the next 30 minutes, over the next hour, 45 minutes, however long you're going to spend with God. What I say to you, God, is important. It is. But what you say back to me, that's of infinite importance. Infinite importance. Would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute? I'm going to invite Pastor Mark to come back up. 